Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really the best way to describe this person. NZ Nation, you know what I'm talking about. This person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. The pleasure, though, is all mine, Eric. I enjoy our chats every single week here on the podcast. I know, and Phil, uh, before we even really get started, because I've been threatened by our former podcast supervisor, former auditioning podcast supervisor, Ben Swanson. Oh, yeah, I remember him. (laughs) Yeah, barely, but a little bit. He said that we needed to tell people how to join us on the neutral zone at the very beginning. Uh, I agree. We, well, like before we dive into the show, we've got a few announcements to make is what I would, I guess that's what I would say. But uh, before we get to those announcements, let's just tell people what's coming up on the show because we've got one heck of a show. You know, football is back and that means that high quality programming is back here on the neutral zone. Yeah, we basically just told you we're going to make an announcement after we talk about a different announcement, then we'll go back to the announcement, and then we'll do the show. And really? so we're currently on we're on step one. If you really think about it, everything is an announcement. So, uh, mm-hmm. Eric, joining us on the Neutral Zone this week are um, two players that were really in the news this week. One is Bryce Callahan. You had a chance to uh, chat with him. How, how did that go? It went well. Wow. I, haven't, I haven't talked to Bryce since perhaps last summer, perhaps last spring. And, and really, nobody in the Denver media market has talked to him. He talked, I think, to the Houston Chronicle very briefly in June. But besides, nobody's heard from Bryce Callahan. And he's a very important piece of this team, potentially. We found him. We talked to him. It's a good interview. And that's the – nobody's heard from him, but guess what? Now Neutral Zone Nation is going to hear from him. That's the kind of commitment we bring on this show. Okay. And can you listen to this interview anywhere else? No. It's exclusive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you had to think about that for a second. You were like, can you listen uh, to this anywhere else? You know, like, but the answer is no. Yeah, you can I mean, he didn't only listen to it on the Neutral Zone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I had a chance to catch up with uh, Elijah Wilkinson. Um, talk to the newly named right tackle. Is that what you would say? I mean, I guess that's what I you wouldn't. Call I wouldn't, but I think that I think that makes sense. Because uh, of course, Juwan James opting out for this season, so that means that instead of uh, a position battle at left tackle with Garrett Bowles, Elijah Wilkinson going back to right tackle. And uh, we'll catch up with him and uh, see if he was surprised by the news and what he thinks about going back to right tackle. Did um, you uh, catch up with him at his barbershop, or where did you do that? Not interview? at the barbershop. We, uh, we did a nice little interview over something called Zoom. Eric. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of, that sounds, sounds like it could be big someday. Zoom, yeah. It's a small company. Nobody's really heard of them, but uh, – I think that things are on the up, up and up for them. Yeah, I think if you want to send something to them, you just send it to 02134, send it to Zoom. Zoom, 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 Zoom. That's a, that's a reference. That's a 90s reference. Oh, uh, you were born after that. Correct, yeah, way after. I guess it's a 70s reference. Who knew that Zoom, the TV show, was around so long ago? See, I was thinking of the car commercial that was like zoom, zoom, zoom. Well, that's a that's redacted car company. That's not a sponsor, so we not a sponsor. Can't mention it, but, uh, yeah, we could not name um, No, zoom. Uh, it came out in the seventies. It ran through the nineties. So, you know, at that point, you were you would have been in your late forties when it first came out, and obviously sixties. Uh, you know, by the end, so probably not your maybe your grandkids are watching. Yes. Yes. I have heard them talking about it. So, yeah. Um, your, your hair has stayed an impressive color, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. I don't dye it, so that's that's nice. Um, I don't buy that. 
<laughs> uh, so two exclusive interviews coming to you right here on the Neutral Zone. But before we get into that stuff, we'll talk a little Vaughn Miller. Uh, I like to call Vaughn these days Mr. Muscles. Yeah, I, I know you do. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen uh, the size of his quads, Eric. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the best way to describe them, other than just saying they look like tree trunks. They look like two redwoods attached to the core, attached to his hips. That's what. That's the best way to describe it. That's impressive. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about on the show. So cross out you that say, announcement. Did you say Mister? Mister Muscles. Yes. Got it. That's, we uh, love misters on the neutral zone. That's got nothing to do with the microbes that you like to talk about, Eric. Exactly. That's something entirely different. You uh, Disin Disinfecting spray. You know, sometimes Vaughn likes to joke around and say, let's get back in the lab. Yeah, this that's where I was. <laughs> you were actually in the lab. You were talking about pathogens and microbes and nanostructures crystalline those are yeah. all part of your vocabulary yeah and i was simply reporting what the company that sells this disinfecting spray says that it does and you are simply doing that huh yeah some some scientists didn't like it but but uh <laughs> the biology community came out <laughs> and attacked you <laughs> it's true it was a tough week yes. for at eric Delala, but regular Eric Delal is doing just fine. I'm moving on. We're yeah. tweeting about football. I'm going to stick to football, Phil, you know? Well, before we do that, uh, this might be a good opportunity to say, if you'd like to also roast Eric, uh, <laughs> you can do so on the Neutral Zone hotline. That's 707 Neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Call um, if, you're, if you're a doctor, in quotes, or a PhD, or any, actually, if yeah. you're anybody and you just want to roast <laughs> Eric, please get yeah. on the phone and we'll we'll play the best roast of Eric's tweet. Yeah, we'll debate the uh, the microbes. Yes. Next week on the neutral zone. The nano structures of the crystallines. We just gotta, we'll get into that next week. So that's yeah. seven oh seven or, or Phil. Uh, yeah. Or if you want to be, if you want to be nice and do it via words, you know, written words, like a, maybe you want to do a little slam poetry or like a haiku, you could always send that to neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Yes, you could. That's another way to uh, reach out to us. And, uh, you know, we'll read, we'll read it on the air. So those are two ways to reach out to us here. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Uh, at Eric Dalala, that's with an A, or at Phil Milani, and that is with a PH. Mm -hmm. Eric, you can also, uh, the Broncos Podcast Network also has a Twitter account that uh, people should uh, make sure to check that out too. Yeah, at Broncos Podcasts, you'll be able to find not only our content, but Entre Amigos, which is our podcast for our sp Spanish-speaking audience, and then Broncos Country Throwback. Jim Sakamano talks with some alumni, so uh, some great options no matter what you're into. Yes, and uh, on this episode, Eric, we'd like to also welcome in our listeners listening on iHeartRadio, uh, the Broncos Podcast Network, now featured on uh, you know one of the biggest companies that offers podcasts out there. Yeah, hey, that's a big, big step for uh, Neutral Zone Nation. We're going worldwide. We are going. We're going. We're going global. We could probably say that we're going to go like, what would you say, entire Milky Way galaxy, or not? Not yet. Uh, I think we're working up to that. Got it. I ask you because you're like sort of the scientist for the program. Exactly. Yeah. We're like, we're just little microbes right now, but we need to grow into fully grown pathogens. We're talking solar system here. That's where we want to get to. Yeah. So Eric, without uh, any further announcements, let's just 
dive right in and let's talk about Von Miller. What did you think? Uh, he had a little bit of a press availability earlier this week. And uh, here was uh, one of the first comments he made talking about uh, his commitment this season. I really just, you know, thought about what could I really do with like all of this time. And I was just like, man, I'm going to train. I'm going to train every day and I'm going to train as much as I possibly can. And, you know, that's what I did. And I just kind of got lost in that. And then the last dance came out and I watched what, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was doing back in his uh, prime. And, you know, I was, I asked myself like, hey, this is, this was like, Michael Jordan was the best that ever played. Was I really making that commitment to the game? Was I really doing the same stuff that he did? Like Kobe was one of the best that ever played. Was I doing the things that, that Kobe was doing? Was I demanding more out of my teammates? And um, was I demanding more out of myself? And I looked in the mirror and I said, no, I wasn't. And I just tried to change that and tried to work as, as hard as I possibly could and, and take any days off and then go on any vacations. I didn't do anything but you know, work out and grind and reinvest all the time that I would usually spend on like endorsements and all this other stuff. I just reinvested that time back in myself. So Eric, what did you uh, think about his comments there talking about uh, the GOAT, Michael Jordan? and also uh, the late Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you know, when Vaughn, Vaughn has different press conference moods, you know, Phil. Sometimes he is very serious. Sometimes he's lackadaisical. But sometimes he gets in these, you know, it's just a different mood. And he's been in them before, before the Cardinals game where he said he was going to go out and uh, beat some Cardinal behind. Yeah, what was it he exactly said? Uh, he said, we're going to beat their ass, I think. Got it. Yeah. But, and so when Vaughn started talking the other day about how, you know, as soon as he said when Kobe Bryant passed away, I was like, we're, this is a good Vaughn press conference. We're in for something good here. And he did not disappoint. He said that Kobe Bryant's death and the last dance with Michael Jordan made him think, hey, have I really put every single thing into this that I could? Which to me feels interesting because on the one hand, I think, well, you've, you hope that Vaughn's been doing that for years. And then on the other hand, you think, well, if he has finally arrived at that, you know, better late than never, which is kind of like what Vaughn said, you can always transform. And maybe we're in for a much bigger Vaughn Miller season than we anticipated. And maybe he does have a real shot at defensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I thought that the press conference was really getting good is when he started referring to himself in the third person as sack master. That's when I, that's when I really thought that, okay, this is a good one because uh, he said, quote, last year I didn't play to my standards. And then he was like, no, no, no. I didn't play to the sack master's standards. So uh, I, I like that. Uh, but yes, Eric, I agree. I always think that elite level athletes always think they could be giving a little bit more. They could dig a little bit deeper. They could push it a little bit harder. And so when Vaughn last year didn't, you know, he didn't have the numbers that I think that we're all accustomed to him getting. I think that when that didn't happen, he in his mind must have thought, okay, I just didn't push it hard enough. And so he's like, now I got to push it harder. And uh, I think that's probably where, where those comments. I don't think that Vaughn wasn't trying hard last year, but maybe he thinks, okay, I can go even harder now this year. I mean, we've seen him post these San Francisco workout videos for years. So it's not like he's been sitting back and relaxing and, and not doing anything. It's not that at all. Um, and, you know, his work ethic is probably higher than 99% of people on the planet. You know, obviously, we're kind of in that 1%. Yes. But, um, but I do think it's interesting that he recognized, and it does sound like he did some soul searching, and I don't know if, the, if that has to do with the fact that he's going into year 10. He probably realizes that, you know, maybe he plays, he can play five, six however many more years. I mean, Bruce Smith played for 18, I believe. That's a long time. But, but Vaughn probably realizes he only has a couple elite seasons left, you know, where he has all that athleticism, 
where he's going to be a team's number one guy, uh, where he's not just kind of a rotational pass rusher. And so thinking, you know, mortality, Phil, it makes you think about a lot of stuff. And, you know, his football mortality is probably uh, on his mind right now. Yeah, I would say that probably 10 years in, Vaughn is at that sort of at that point where he can still play at an elite level. Like he's not so old that he's like second fiddle now, but he's, he's old enough though to look back and reflect a little bit. And, uh, you know, I would say that Vaughn has gone through some peaks and valleys in his career because the, the first two years he hit the league and was playing at a high level then he hit that low in 2013 where he was suspended. He tore his ACL. Then he came back even stronger from that. Of course, DeMarcus Ware played a big role in that. But, and the Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl. That was probably the peak of his career. And then the last couple of years, you know, when the team overall isn't having that great success, you're not playing in the playoffs, you're not in national television as much as you used to be, you know, I think you start to say, okay, well, what can I be doing better? Like, how can I help this team win? Or what, what's going on? And Vaughn is probably at that point where he's like, look, I've got a a couple great years left and I need to make sure I cash in on that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Vaughn, Bill Barnwell did a thing on ESPN today, Phil, as we're recording this on a Wednesday. Friend of the podcast. Exactly. Hall of Famers, you know, who are active and who could end up in the Hall after they retire. And there are 11 guys in the league that he considered locks for the Hall of Fame. Um, Patrick Mahomes was one of them, which I thought was interesting because I'm not sure I agree with that. But um, Vaughn was one of those guys. And so his legacy is in some ways cemented already in Denver. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, probably a first ballot guy. He's made a ton of Pro Bowls, Super Bowl 50 MVP. But I do think there's something still to add to his legacy that if he can help the Broncos, you know, they don't need to win another Super Bowl. It'd be nice. But if even if the Broncos, say, got back to the playoffs and won a playoff game with Vaughn and he was the, you know, bounce back to 15 sacks or whatever, I mean, t- to me, it proves something for him that he can be a dominant player that doesn't need a Peyton Manning, you know, I mean, he, for a long time over the last few years, Bill, has been the best player on this team, and it hasn't led to the playoffs. And so if he can combine that, you know, being this dominant player with team success, I think we'll look back on Vaughn's career a decade from now and not think like, well, he was a really good individual player, but the, the team didn't have much success the last few years of his career. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like if you think about where the Broncos are right now and where they're trending, I do think that it's possible if things go according to plan that Vaughn could be a key piece of the puzzle for the Broncos moving forward. And who knows? I mean, like a a year or two from now, they could be right back there with Vaughn playing a big role if things go according to plan. So, you know, uh, I know Eric, you know, we've had this debate, like how many more years do we think that Vaughn could play at this high level? And, you know, uh, I think there's finances that come into uh, play here where, you know, he's making a lot of money and, you know, the Broncos are going to have to start paying some of these big time rookies that they brought in. So, you know, there's going to be different things at play here, but if Vaughn, you know, has one of these seasons where he has, I don't know, 18, 20 sacks this year and is like defensive player of the year, then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about him having several more good seasons here in Denver. So, you know. And I think once you get past that point, there's no reason he can't be a DeMarcus Ware type guy where he, you know, especially if he starts to take things as seriously as it sounds like he is. Like if this Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant thing has impacted him in some deep way, then maybe you want him here even if he's contributing six sacks or seven sacks or five and a half sacks, you know, over the course of two or three years. You're not going to be paying him top dollar at that point and Bradley Chubb is probably your main pass rusher at that point but there's still value in having a guy like Vaughn around in that situation and I have seen leadership from him this year like uh, the 
Broncos Twitter account put out a video of him running wind sprints with the team. And Vaughn was like out in front of the majority of the pack. So um, it's, uh, it's nice to see him like taking that leadership. Seems like he's got a, a refocused mindset as a camp sort of gets underway here at UC Health. So. Who recorded that video of Vaughn running wind sprints? Oh, I did that. Oh, yeah. hey, nice. Shout out to you. Yeah, I just like, uh, I like to set it up that way where I'm like, did you see that video that the Broncos put out? And then, yeah. like, oh, wait a second, I did that. That's sort of yeah. like a little bit of a, a yeah, self-praise. Didn't you also take the video of the microbes? Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I not, shot the microbes. Not taking credit for that one. I put on a special uh, filter on my camera and it really enhanced the microbes um, so that I could see, you know. Yeah. You know, that was sort of the talk of the NFL, I would say, um, Eric, earlier this week. And, uh, you know, even Cortland Sutton went on NFL Network and they were talking about the mister. Yeah, the mister was a big, uh, big deal. And Von Miller walked through the mister. So maybe that'll empower him to, Maybe about 30 sacks finally. He's been talking about it for a while. Yeah, the Mr. The power of the nano structures. Yeah. yeah. Nano crystalline structures that instantly kill COVID-19. Yes. Sounds smart to me. <laughs> me too. Uh, Eric, though, uh, the other big news earlier this week was Jawan James uh, deciding to opt out because of uh, – you know, the, he felt like after reflecting on the situation with coronavirus, that uh, it was best for the his own health and well-being and that of his family. Uh, he said that that's why he decided to opt out. And uh, we had a chance to uh, talk with the player who it probably affects the most. That's Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, here's my conversation uh, with the Broncos. I guess new right tackle, new old right tackle. I'm really not sure what to what to say, but uh, the Broncos right tackle, Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, Elijah, first week back in the building with the rest of the guys. How's everything been going? Everything's been going good. Um, you know, everybody here at the Broncos has been making sure that, you know, we're staying safe and healthy and, you know, getting us back into football shape and, you know, ready to play some games this season. Uh, the big news just the other day here was that Jawan James decided to opt out for the season. Were you surprised by that news? Um, you know, I was surprised. I thought, I thought he was playing, um, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, health is well, and, you know, you know, his family is his biggest concern. So, you know, you got to take care of, um, you know, what's really important to you. So he's taking care of his family. Did you talk to him at all about the decision, or did he mention it to you at all beforehand? No, he didn't. He didn't mention it to to uh, to me beforehand. But you know, it's all good. I respect his decision, and you know, it's it's his choice. You know, that's why the NFL gave everybody the choice to be able to opt out. So I respect it. Um, I told him I respected it. So you know, he he said he's here for us. You know, if you ever need he's around. So. If we if need anything or, you know, anything of the sort. So, you know, he's supporting us and I'm supporting him in his, in his decision. And his decision obviously has a major impact on you. You coming into camp figured you might be in this position battle with Garrett Bowles, you know, or whatever you want to call it there at left tackle. Now all of a sudden uh, you're moving to the other side of the line. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's – I was preparing myself for left tackle, um, you know, but – you know, it's just like riding a bike, you know, when you get back on it, back at right tackle. So I started 14 games there last season, um, you know, ready to pick up where I left off and uh, keep training up. Did, was, so was that adjustment difficult for you or you just did that right on the fly? Uh, it was <laughs> it was actually kind of on the fly, you know, Monday morning when we all reported for uh, for uh, walkthroughs and, you know, everything. It, they were like, hey, where's Jamal? And like looking around and, you know, Munchak is just like, hey, Eli, get in there. <laughs> you know, I, I know what I'm doing on both sides. I've been, you know, around the system for a while. So, um, you know, and in the game for the last three and a half years. So, you know, I, I know pretty – I got a pretty good handle of, you know, what I'm doing. So, it was, you know, like I said, just like riding the bike, getting back out there. 
So you were actually out on the field when you found out, hey, Juan's <laughs> Yeah, I was actually out on the field and they had just blew the horn for practice and my, you know, they called up the ones and my, you know, we're looking for everybody else to stand there and we're like, well, where's the right tackle? <laughs> you know, so, wow. and you know, next man up, you know, so uh, that's the kind of mentality I had about it. And, um, you know, for you personally, you started uh, the beginning of camp here on PUP. Now you took another physical, now back uh, and you passed and everything. Uh, were you surprised that you failed that first physical? Um, you know, uh, I had to, had the minor cleanup, you know, this off season, and you know they were just monitoring me pretty closely with workouts and all of that. So that was kind of, you know, what, what played into the decision with PUP. But you know, it's like like you've seen, you know, you can come off at any time. So um, you know, I'm just ready to work now. How does it feel being back out there actually going through the offense and going through walkthroughs and everything? Uh, I feel, honestly, it feels amazing, you know, after being locked down and, you know, being in quarantine and all that for the past few months and being able to work out here and there and you got to wear a mask and you got to do that. And, you know, we got to wear a mask here, but, you know, when we're out there playing football, it's kind of kind of stress relieving if you say so. You know, being back out with our brothers and, you know, just getting down the offense and getting ready to play some games this season. So it's, it's actually really relieving to me to be back out there. Obviously, losing Juwan is a blow to the depth along the offensive line. But how do you feel like this group is coming together right now? I mean, you know, it's a blow to the depth. But at the same time, um, you know, last year we had guys step up, you know, Pat, Patrick Morris, uh, you know, Jake Rogers. When I had went down in the Lions game, you know, people had stepped up and we won games with them. So, you know, there's no, you know, there's no drop off when, you know, one of us is down. So there's no, yeah, we lost a guy, we may pick up another one, but, you know, that's the part of the business. So, you know, you just got to take the punches and roll with it and, you know, be ready for the next week, you know. Uh, we heard uh, Vic Fangio talk a little bit about Garrett Bowles, said that he's in the best shape and, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, everything that he's seen. Uh, what have you seen from Bowles? Uh, I think the same, you know. I think he uh, got his weight up a little bit over the offseason. He's been lifting a little bit more, getting stronger. Um, you know, he's been doing everything possible to learn the playbook, you know, while we've been, you know, absent from the building. Um, so he has a pretty good handle on everything on everything that uh, we got going on right now. So uh, I'm very confident in Garrett Bowles, and I know that uh, he's been working, so he's ready. So, uh, Last one for you here. I know as an offensive lineman, walkthrough just quite isn't the same. You're, you're dying to put those pads on, right? Yeah, man, it, it's, it's tough. You know, it's called tempo violations when you're out there and, you know, you're going a little too quick. But that's just everybody a little in up and, and ready to go, man. That's for us to be cooped up, you know, for the past couple months. Everybody's ready to uh, get out there and, you know, get a, get a little uh, pads clacking back and forth and, you know, get a little action out there. It sucks not having, you know, the whole, all our fans on the lawn and all that type of stuff. But, you know, we're still going to, we're still going to work and we're still going to be ready for the season. So I'm excited to get the pads on that. You know, that's, you know, the, the offensive lineman's dream is pancaking somebody, and, you know, getting some good hits on, on some linebackers and stuff. So, I'm excited for that. We're looking forward to it, too. Uh, Elijah, thanks for spending some time with us. And uh, glad to see you're back out there and healthy and ready to go. Thanks. I appreciate it. My thanks to Elijah Wilkinson for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. Uh, he said that he was surprised uh, to hear that news, Eric, and that uh, he was actually out at practice. And they said, hey, Elijah, get in at right tackle. And he was like, what? And he just did it. He said it's like riding a bike. Yeah, he was probably like, I lost the left tackle job already. <laughs> but no, only kidding. Funny, though, that he found out at practice that Juwan was going to be uh, opting out there. You know, uh, I think that the players understand, though, and certainly Elijah definitely does that. Look, Juwan put out a statement and said that a, a member or somebody that he knew very well was already hospitalized due to coronavirus and that he has a newborn baby at home. So, like, these are important decisions that he has to make. And uh, he decided that for the well-being of his family, it was best for him to stay at home. Yeah, and unfortunately, Phil, fans don't view this in a vacuum the way that this decision probably should be, should be viewed. 
you know, with a lot of players, you say they're injured one year or they don't play as well the next year. And you use all those uh, pieces of information to make a decision on should that player stay with a team or, or what. With Juwan, it's really not quite fair to add him missing last season because of an injury with him opting out. And I, I really do think fans should approach this the same way as, you know, say Dalton Reisner had opted out. It, to me, that should be the attitude that this decision were in such weird times. It's a pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years. I mean, that's, these are times that you can't just say, well, he was injured last year and now he's not playing this year. So that's a bust of a signing for the Broncos. I mean, no, it hasn't worked out the way they, they wanted to, but to me, this has to be viewed separately just because of how different and, uh, you know, unprecedented the circumstances are. Yeah. And there is this notion out there that, oh, maybe Juwan should have been able to play through his injury last year or, oh, you know, he's, he's not tough enough to be a football player because, oh, he's not mentally ready to go. or that. There's, a, there's sort of a notion out there that Jawan James isn't willing to sacrifice at all for his teammates or something like that. There's that sort of a notion about him out there. But I know one thing is true, and that is any football player – has a limited window for the number of years that they can play in this league and earn the amount of money that the top guys make in this league. So for a player to be criticized for making this sort of a decision sort of is crazy to me because to get to this point and play in the NFL and play at a really high level for Jawan James, he's had to sacrifice a lot, dedicate his life toward making it to this point, working hard, doing all the things that are necessary to make it in the NFL. And then for him to be like, oh, I need to put that on the back burner this year for the well-being of my family. That's not an easy decision for anybody to make. And, and to like think that he's just like piecing out or whatever this year, that's not the case. You know, this is a big decision for him to make. And even Elijah said, look, he talked to us and said, I'm around. If you mean anything, I'm here. I can, I'm, I'm, ju I'm just a phone call away. You know, he's still going to be engaged in, you know, what's happening with the team. And he's going to be able to lend a, some advice whenever he can. But I just think that, like, people who are bashing him don't really understand what, what he's going through. And also the fact that, it's even more true that he was hurt last year. He had to rehab and work his way back to being ready to go this year. And if anybody wanted to play this year more than him, I don't know who it is because he's eager to prove himself here. So I just Maybe Bryce Callahan, but we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. I, I do think, Phil, that the Jawan situation creates some interesting questions moving forward for the Broncos. Because, one, you've now got some more cap space that you probably were not anticipating. And so does that give you the flexibility to sign a free agent here? Or, you know, is that a cornerback? A does that give you the luxury of saying, hey, we're going to sign Logan Ryan to a deal? Does that give you the flexibility to, I don't know, bump up Philip Lindsay's contract or – you know, start working on an extension with somebody else. I mean, those are, you know, if Alexander Johnson starts playing really well and you want to get something done long-term with him, you can use some of that cap space midway through the season and get that done. Uh, so, so that's one part of it. And then the second, Phil, is he's going to be back next year. And so what are the – because the way the contracts work is this was supposed to be his second year under contract with the team – next year will be his second year under contract with the team. And so he's now with the team technically through 23. People have talked about different, uh, you know, ways the Broncos can get out of that deal or, or when they could move on if they wanted to. In all realistic uh, scenarios, that can't happen until after next season now. And so 
what happens if Elijah Wilkinson goes to right tackle and plays really well? And then you have Jawan James coming back with a really big contract, you know, does that affect or does that impact your decision with Garrett Bowles at left tackle? Do you say, hey, maybe let's move Jawan there? Or do you, you know, it, it's just going to, this scenario is not going to go away after this this year. There are impacts that are going to be felt, you know, all the way through next year potentially. Yeah, and if you, but if you do want to just look at the offensive line for this year and talk about, okay, where do the Broncos go from here? You know, whenever you lose a player like Jawan James, now all of a sudden you're going to have some depth issues. And, uh, you know, they were hoping for either Elijah or Garrett Bowles to be part of that depth swing kind of player there. Now that's gone. So if you ask me, there's a shortage there and the Broncos need to think about, it. okay, what are we going to do? You know, uh, maybe you bring in a guy at the end of training camp who you thought was going to make a team somewhere else, but didn't, or maybe you, you have to go back and bring in a guy like Jared Valier. I mean, uh, there's no big name that's out there that's going to come in and be an instant answer. So, uh, yeah, I think the Broncos could be patient throughout camp here and make a decision later, but I do think now there's going to be some question marks about that. Yeah, and so hopefully guys stay healthy. One of the things I'm excited about about having no preseason is that you you know guys can always get hurt in practice, and certainly we see non-tissue or soft tissue injuries occur, and guys every year get rolled up on or, or whatever in practice, but it always seems like in a preseason game that happens more than it needs to. And so you'd like to think you're going to get to the season at least fairly healthy. And so you're right, maybe you can make it to that point, get somebody off waivers. Uh, maybe there's a you can trade a late round pick for somebody if they're not going to make the team. So some options, but it'll be interesting over the next four or five weeks to see where that goes. Eric, let me just give you a rundown here of the tackles that are currently on the Broncos roster, that they're listed as tackles. Are you ready? Yeah. Garrett Bowles. Okay, we know him. Then these are players who are just listed as tackles. Calvin Anderson. Quinn Bailey. Jake Rogers. Do you know the last one, Eric? Hunter Watts. Hunter Watts. And that's why you're Eric Delala. Was that your first time hearing some of those names? Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and Jake Rogers is the only guy on that list, other than Wilkinson and Bulls, that has really any experience. I mean, he started one game for the Broncos, and that makes him the third most experienced option at tackle. So – they're going to need to add a veteran some way, somehow, whether that's a street free agent or picking a guy up off waivers or making a, a trade. You know, I, I wouldn't expect a blockbuster here where the Broncos are dealing a second round pick in 2021 for a guy, but, you know, maybe you deal a sixth or a seventh. Maybe the Titans want to trade somebody for a seventh round pick. Hmm. Would they ever do something like that? You'd have to be probably not for. Not for, like, a really good player. What about, like, a five-time pro bowler? Somebody like that. For a seventh-round pick? Are you crazy? Call me crazy, but I, I think it might be possible. Gosh, they wouldn't even pick up the phone. Yeah. They'd be like, you're crazy. Don't call back here. They would say something like that. But, yeah, I do think that they're not – they can't go into the season like that. So – at the very least, yeah. I think they're going to have to make some sort of a move um, and just sort of see what they got here. Because now, we're, like heading into the year, we thought, okay, let's see what happens at left tackle. But we knew that somebody with significant NFL experience was going to be playing that position. And we really thought, okay, when you look at this O-line, really the only question mark is that center you know, with maybe Lloyd Cushenberry being the guy there. But now all of a sudden you've got more question marks. 
Yeah, I mean, you did get some good news that Natani Muti is, you know, physically cleared, and I, I think this is beyond probably the realm of possibility this year. But Dalton Reisner did play a lot of tackle at college, so maybe you, if you have to, because of an injury or something, maybe Dalton goes out to tackle and Muti jumps in at guard. But and you want to stunt the growth of a potential Pro Bowler at the guard position. I did think about asking Vic Fangio during his press conference on Tuesday about the possibility of Reisner moving to tackle. And I, in my mind, I just saw him laughing at me and saying no. And so I chose not to ask it. But I do think here in the coming days, as he does press every day, maybe that's a, maybe one day I'll choose to get laughed at. So you are scared of him? Is that what you're saying? Um, in these new Zoom press conferences, Phil, you get one question. It's not like the old days. I know you're not really familiar with kind of a group scrum setting. You're more of a one-on-one guy. I am um, a one-on-one guy. The, yeah, the talent only does one-on-ones. They can't get all, all dirty there in the scrum. But uh, in those situations, you could get, you know, maybe we're asking three or four or five questions each a day, and they're, they're quick. It's, hey, is this person injured? Who's starting at this position? But when you only get one, you don't want to. I don't think you want a one-word answer. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a secret, baby. Uh, <laughs> you could you could hit him with the old Mike Kliss style, and just uh, say a little something like, uh, "So, uh, Dalton Reisner, ever think about uh, I don't know moving him outside it? Boom. There you go. Ooh. So just go. Yeah. Just go straight, Mike. You gotta just learn. Down. You gotta learn from the veterans in the market. You know, that's a that's a pro move there that Mike Mike is able to pull off. That's true. I'm still learning, Phil. Yeah. No. And you know, if you just approach every day as how, how can I get a little better today, then over time you're gonna be like, whoa, I'm really good. That's, that's my true. approach. That's my approach. And that's why I sit in a dark, dark room and just watch Bob Costas and Jim Nance over and over and over. That's why you're the best. <laughs> Eric, uh, you did hint, though, at uh, some secondary uh, thoughts. Uh, shall, we, uh, shall we transition to the secondary? Yeah, Phil, uh, as we mentioned at the top, Bryce Callahan signed with the Broncos last year. Didn't play in a single game, hurt his foot in training camp, but he's back. He's got something to prove. And he talked to me. Bryce, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, no problem, man. Good to be here. Uh, Just to start off, what's it like to be back in the building with all the COVID protocols and be back on the field for walkthroughs? Man, it's great to be back and see see all the guys and see my teammates and stuff, you know. With COVID and all, it's a little bit different, but... And uh, we got the team to adapt and overcome. So it's a good feeling to be back out here. Bryce, the Broncos signed you in 2019 as a big-name free agent and obviously just kind of a tough season re-injuring your foot. And I know that must have been tough and frustrating. Can you just give me a sense of what kind of challenge it was for you mentally to go through the same injury when you think you're past it and uh, then to deal with rehab all over again? Yeah, it was, it was very challenging. Like you said, probably more mental than physical. Uh, just like, damn, I gotta, I gotta do this all again. You know, the same rehab. Is it gonna get better this time? So it took a lot for me mentally to be like, yeah, I can get better from this. I can, you know, progress from this injury and, uh, and move forward from it. When did you realize that you weren't gonna be able to go last season? Uh, so when it first happened. I was I was kind of doubtful. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to play with this because there's every step I felt it. You know, being a DB, breaking a lot, can't be thinking about an injury as you're as you're trying to play a game. So it was always in the back of my mind. But you know, I wanted to try to push it and see if I could push through it for the team. But you know, it just kind of didn't work out that way. Were you able to, you know, keep up with the team and watch the games? And kind of what was it like to not be out there and say, oh, I could have made this play or I could have helped in this situation? Yeah, kind of. So through like halfway, I was with the, with the team going to every game, all the meetings and stuff. And then once I kind of figured out like I wasn't going to be be able to play and stuff, I, they kind of 
like sat me out. So that was kind of I was kind of rough not being with my guys and stuff and being able to being able to cheer them on, just watching from home and stuff. Well, it sounds like from what Vic Fangio said that you're fully healthy now. Um, he did mention you were sick a few weeks ago and have to gain some weight back. But how are you feeling, and do you expect to be 100% when the pads go on here shortly? Yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, like I told, told my coaches, my foot's feeling 100%, so I just want to put that in the past. And uh, yeah, all I need to do now is just gain a little bit of weight, and I'll be good to go 100% when we put on pads. In 2018, Bryce, you were one of the best slot corners in the entire league. How excited are you to remind people what you can do and that you're still among the league's best? I mean, I'm, I'm very excited just to you know just to get out there and play again. You know, it's been almost a, it's been a, actually yeah, it's been a year and a quarter since I've been out there. So just to get out there, you know, prove to other people and to myself that I could still you know do the things that I was doing and even better. What uh, what makes you so good in that slot role? Do you think? Uh, maybe not just my quickness and aggressiveness, and then you know, Coach Vic just calling the the right defenses and putting me in the right position to make plays. He said he thinks you'll work to uh, just some outside cornerback and kind of see where it's best to put you once week one arrives. How comfortable do you feel playing out there? I know you played some of that in practice in Chicago, but not too much in games. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, I feel pretty comfortable in both spots. Um, I'm do my best at both spots and let the coaches decide, but I'm not, it's not like I'm nervous to go on the outside or anything. Like you said, I have played a couple games at the outside, and I felt comfortable in those games. I was able to make a couple plays, so just see whatever's best for the team. What's the biggest adjustment when you slide out there? Is it the size of the receivers? Is it, you know, different route combinations? Anything like that? Yeah, so uh, obviously the receivers are a lot, a lot bigger. You know, they put the smaller guys in the, in the slots. So maybe just like how I play, how I, how physical I could be at the line. You know, like I said, route combinations. Uh, you'd be on the island more by yourself, so you got to lock up more and have less help. So, just, yeah, stuff like that. What uh, what do you think about the secondary overall with AJ Boye, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and then obviously a number of young guys that could fill that third cornerback position? I'm, I'm excited for the, the secondary. You know, we all got we got a lot of smart guys, good teammates. You know, not a lot of ego, so we, we can all work together and communicate, and that's what we need with this defense. So, you know, the better we can communicate and pass things off, the easier it'll be for all of our jobs. You guys should get some good tests here, even without the preseason, going against Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, what do you think, first of all, of the team drafting Judy? And then, oh man, that was a big, that was a big draft pick, man. I'm excited to see our offense. We got some, got some big time weapons. And I'm excited to see Drew in the second year and just see, see how things go. And then, last one for you, Bryce. Uh, what are your expectations for yourself this year? All right, pretty short, short and sweet. We uh, we appreciate the time, Bryce. All right, thank you, Phil. Uh, you know, I think it's interesting with Callahan there. Obviously, he said his goals were to quote ball out and stay healthy, but he said uh, he's not only proving himself to the fans this year to everybody that kind of doubted him. He's he needs to prove himself to himself. He still needs to know that he can do this, and so. Um, that's always kind of interesting. To me, that sounds like, hey, it's a guy that needs to get his confidence back. What was, uh, what was going on in the background of that audio? Yeah, you know, I think uh, socially distance thing does not uh, change NFL football players' desire to interrupt interviews. Uh, in the open locker room, we're used to Von Miller kind of poking his head into the camera frame or something, or a guy coming up at the edge of a scrum and asking a silly question. I think maybe some teammates were, I think you call it razzing. (laughs) Razzing slash. uh, Yeah. Screaming. Scary. Uh, Hopefully none of our listeners were terrified of what was happening. 
But uh, yeah, confidence for Bryce Callahan. I think that that is something that uh, hopefully maybe like a hot start to the season or something like that, then he'll get his uh, footing underneath him a little bit because to play cornerback in the NFL, you got to have a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Bryce Callahan is used in this defense. We've never really seen him play outside, but we know that when he's inside, he's one of the better slot cornerbacks in all of the NFL. So, um, you know, maybe it's a, a, the type of situation where they move him around a little bit, maybe in different packages, you know, he's playing in different spots. And, uh, you know, he's the one who knows Vic Fangio's defense the best. So, uh, you know, with A.J. Boye and then Bryce Callahan there, after that, there's not really a solidified third cornerback just yet. Um, so, you know, I think the Broncos are counting on Callahan to really step up and be that number two guy and, and be a, a significant playmaker in the secondary. Yeah, and whether he's in the slot or outside, and I do expect him to be in the slot primarily. Uh, like you said, Phil, he was among the best in the league. There's a re reason why when he was signed last year, everybody was so excited. I mean, people forget now, and you kind of always do, but after that initial wave of free agency where the Broncos signed James and Kareem Jackson, people were in the Broncos Twitter mentions, sign Bryce Callahan, sign Bryce Callahan, sign Bryce Callahan, because he was really good. I mean, he was the – huh? They were in those mentions. He was the – you know, played the fourth most snaps in the slot among any cornerback and gave up a catch once every, like, 11 targets. You know, he was not targeted all that much because quarterbacks knew to stay away from him. But, yeah, a good player. He's small, Phil, but still, you know, aggressive enough, I think fits that Vic Fangio defense where you're able to tackle and come up and make plays. Uh, I fully expect that if he stays healthy, and he did mention he's got to add some weight here because of an illness that was not COVID, but made him lose some weight, um, that he'll – I don't want to be crazy here, Phil, but he could easily be the Broncos' best cornerback because we're, we've got to see essentially what A.J. Boye can do. You know, he's got to bounce back from a rough couple of years. And so if Bryce Callahan plays at that level, uh, you might look back at the end of the year and say, Bryce is the best guy we've got back there. Yeah, most definitely. And maybe like, a, you know, the type of wide receiver that he's covering, you know, if Boye's covering the number one wideout on the other team, then Bryce is going to have some opportunities here to make some big plays. And yeah, you know, he, you can look back at the numbers and be like, he was the best cornerback for this Broncos team. But, you know, I just think that uh, he, if he's looking to gain some weight, maybe he could go talk to Von Miller. You know, if he wanted to do that, he could get those tree trunks as legs, you know. But uh, what I've seen so far in highlights, uh, Bryce looks like he, he hadn't lost too much weight. So maybe he's gained back uh, whatever he lost from that illness. And hopefully his conditioning and everything, he's up to speed. Because pretty soon here, Eric, the, the team's going to be on the field with some with actual training camp practices. And then I think we'll have a better idea of what Bryce looks like. Yep, and really what that entire secondary looks like. You know, how how do Simmons and Kareem Jackson look in year two of Fangio's scheme? Who's at the number uh, three cornerback position? How are Broncos going to handle everything back there? I mean, you're right. Answers are just a few days away. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what this team looks like when offense is facing defense. Maybe there's some one-on-one -on -one situations where you, you're going to see, like, Jerry Judy going against Bryce Callahan in practice. Then you'll have a better idea of, okay, here's what Bryce is going to be able to bring to the table. So, uh, And we really, only, we really only got to see him practice a few times because he – I think he was dealing with something else before the foot, like maybe a minor hamstring sprain, if I'm remembering correctly. He was not like out there – A little something wrong. But it wasn't anything major, but he just had – he had been limited for a few practices. And so I don't yet have a great sense for, you know, what he's going to look like at all in this defense, but I feel like he's going to be sneaky good. You know, like you look at him and he's kind of 
I don't mean this disrespectfully, Phil, but like you, if you walked by Vaughn Miller or if you saw those quads, you'd know that guy's a professional athlete. I'm yeah. not sure if you like passed Bryce Callahan on the street, if you'd be like, that guy's a professional athlete. And so there's got to be some sneaky athleticism. You know, like I sometimes I feel bad for Vaughn because like, say like you or I go to the store and we can buy like jeans or we can okay. buy shorts. With quads like that for Vaughn, like he has to get everything probably custom. Yeah. I mean, He's I don't like, know for sure, but like, I just can't imagine you can go off the rack. So. He's like, add a little fabric to the quads. Yeah. He's like, we're going to need, like, you know, like how, like, you have your waist and then your inseam measurement. He, he adds in a third number and that's for the quads. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, my waist, like a maybe a guy like Vaughn is like a thirty-four, and then and then yeah, I bet, leg, I bet Vaughn Miller's a thirty-four. Yeah, and each leg is also a thirty-four. So like, like he's got his waist, and then each quad is like another normal person's waist, and then it goes into the calves. So, so I try to ask Vaughn his. Uh, his pants size next time we see him yeah please do and then so like one way you could put it is like um are you a custom pant quad wearer or are you <laughs> not and i would say callahan probably can go buy jeans off the rack yeah that's now, how would I'm, you spell that how would you spell that word off the rack no jeans jeans what i mean J E A N S or G G E O N S Johns. Yeah. 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 Could be. That's like the exciting, that's like the new way to spell it. Yeah. It. If you're a hit. Yeah. So I would be interested. Uh, I'll ask Vaughn, or you can ask him next time you see him, uh, what the size of his, his waist is. Because He's obviously very skinny, like he's got a six pack, you know what I mean, or an eight pack. But like, he's so muscular that it might go out to a thirty-four. You not think so? No, I I do. I agree with you. I mean, we can make it interesting if if you want to. Like, I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm invested enough in the uh, this great quad quest you're on. But um, maybe you could just compete against yourself. You could say, hey, Vaughn, I have a quad skin for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's our look at uh, Bryce Callahan and the Broncos secondary. Eric, we've reached that part of the show where we like to do a little something called shout outs. Oh, I like this part. I like to say shout out Liz Manis. Of course, that's a nice... Uh little uh, thing we do here on the neutral zone. Shout out Broncos community department. I'd like to shout out uh, Bryce Callahan, uh, Elijah Wilkinson, and Lloyd Cushenberry, who I spoke to him Wednesday, and there's an article either up or soon to be up on denverbroncos.com. So nice of those guys to, it's an uncertain time, Phil, and media availability is a little different than it usually is, but these guys found some time to talk to us one-on-one which is much appreciated so you do more than just this podcast yeah so phil and gosh it's like how do you explain the internet to someone who's never heard of it before um there's a there's a website which is like imagine all the things phil that go on in your head that you're like thinking about like what size are vaughn's quads like how old am i how do I host a 90th birthday party for myself? Like th- those sorts of things. And then there's like a machine that you can type in any of those things and it comes up with results. And one of the results, if you type in Broncos, could be denverbroncos.com. And I write little newspaper stories that go on that website. So yeah, I do that from time to time. And I talk to Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, I will say just as a little tease, Phil, Last year, we were very excited by Drew Locke saying he was going home and speaking into his little recorder and practicing the play calls. 
sounds like Lloyd is doing something very similar. Oh my gosh, what is he doing? You'll have to go to DenverBroncos.com to find out. Does he have a... Have, uh, have somebody show you. It's not that hard. He's, he's, uh, he's burned something onto a, uh, a record player or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, uh, he's carving the plays into stone. Got it. So he's, uh, he's putting them into a game day magazine. Exactly. I understand. Exactly. I understand that. Got it. Got it. Well, I think we've just found our pull quote for this episode of the show. So I'm sorry. You, did you say you write little newspaper stories and put them into the machine? I did. I did. People are going <laughs> to click on that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of entertainment and humor you're only going to find right here. And uh, you know what? I think NZ Nation loves it. I think so, too. And if they don't, they probably stopped listening. That's true. That's true. If you made it to this point in the show, which, uh, you know, there's probably, I'm probably speaking to one or two people right now, um, please reach out to us, 707-NEUTRAL. That's the hotline that you could join us on. You can hit us up on Gmail. It's neutral zone show at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Broncos Podcasts. That's the official Twitter page. Or you can hit us up individually at Eric Delala. That's with an A. It's really strange, but you could do it. And also at Phil Milani, that's with a PH. Also strange. So uh, Yeah. Tweet at Phil and tell him what your favorite website is. Tell me. Tell me what you think about microbes. <laughs> and as we're as we're recording, someone else has already has commented on the microbes. It had kind of died down a little bit, but um, quote: "Why hasn't Eric Talala taken this nonsense down?" And that's because you're proud of it. You know, that's simply um, that, that's the answer. I'm just reporting uh, facts, and by facts, I mean what's written on a website. Correct. You're here with the facts, and you leave the interpretation up to the reader. I will say one thing, Phil, as before we close here. Just like to get this off my chest. I love um, it. I love it. There, there was a lot of attention brought to that spray that the Broncos had, the mist, about its effectiveness or why the players are walking through spray when uh, this is a disease that lives inside the body. Um, and, and to that point, I would say we're still wiping down surfaces, we're still washing our hands. What is wrong with one extra precaution? It doesn't seem that this is going to hurt anything. And so um, the Broncos are simply trying. This is not the only thing the Broncos are doing. The Broncos are doing plenty to keep their players safe. This is one extra step. And if it doesn't do anything, okay. But uh, I, I don't think you should fault the team for – exploring every possible option to make sure uh, that the guys stay safe. I mean, who knows if the UV light on the escalator handrails in the stadium is all that effective. But if it does anything, if it does a, even a teeny tiny bit, it seems like a, a positive thing. So that's, you know, believe in the microbes or not, but that's what I would say. I agree, Eric. I think that uh, people like to give you a little bit of a hard time for that tweet, but the fact of the matter is, is that they call it a no novel coronavirus for a reason. It's, it's new. Seven months is really not that much time to really understand a virus that well. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that we know a lot of things now that we didn't know pri previously, and maybe some of the precautions we were taking earlier aren't as relevant today. But like you mentioned, if it's just one additional step that could help, then why not try it? And what if they find out something down the line that about the virus that they're saying, actually new studies have shown that it could be spread like this, who knows what that is, but maybe just as an extra precaution, the Broncos have been doing this and it turns out that it, it did make a difference. So I just think that we're learning more stuff about this virus all the time. And uh, if you could take one more step here and learn this, why not? So. 
And with that, Phil, I'll, uh, I'll live to tweet another day. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. We talked a little bit about Von Miller and uh, uh, moved on to talk about uh, the offensive line, how the Broncos are adjusting without Juwan James. And then uh, we also talked a little bit about the secondary uh, and we heard from Bryce Callahan. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and uh, occasionally some humor. Hopefully if you're listening for the first time uh, on iHeart, we welcome you into the NZ Nation, and uh, we're very happy to be part of the iHeart family. But, uh, Eric, uh, until next week, I hope that you have a great week, and we'll chat then. Until then, for Eric Dahl, I'm Phil Milani. This has been The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.